Before we get to the show this week, I'd like to ask if you would please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Remember, you can find us both on Fandible or our own dedicated Solo Shot feed. Thanks for listening to The Solo Shot. The Alderanian Regency has their eyes set on experimental blueprints housed in a secret Imperial research facility on Dantooine. Castian and two former stormtroopers are sent in with the goals to stealthily recover these plans. The planet of Dantooine is a lush green planet that in some ways could not be farther from the galactic core if you tried. It is a remote planet in a remote sector in the outer reaches of the outer rim. If it weren't for that, it'd be a really nice place to go. It is covered with lush green forests, beautiful grasslands, There are volcanoes that aren't terribly active, but have given the soil so many nutrients that it just grows amazing, incredible flora on this planet. And almost nobody knows that it exists, except apparently a secret Imperial base that, Castian, you have been sent to find, to infiltrate with two stormtroopers. And it is here that you find yourself as the landing gear lifts up from the Howling Gundark and Laris departs. Leaving you, Larrabee, and Pips alone in a grassy clearing in a forest with the mountains a kilometer or two away. Castian immediately drops to a knee and activates a very small hollow projector that gives them sort of a map of the land. He points towards the mountains as the hologram displays a route they should be taking. All right, as we discussed on the Howling Gundark, Larrabee, you look the part in every way I know of a stormtrooper. There would be no questions. I want you to try to slip in the base going through the front. Simple as that. If things get dicey for Pips and myself, I need you to use those demolition skills of yours to make a very large hole or a very loud distraction. Is that clear? Indeed. Okay, we will be marching together for the first half a kilometer, then you will branch off going towards the base's front gate, where Pips and I will be moving the opposite direction. There are a few, and he points towards the hologram projector again as it zooms in on the mountain. It's a mountain by appearance, but actually is a dormant volcano. Exactly. And he points towards an area where words appear on the holographic display. According to our seismic scans, there are veins that lead deeper into the volcano right here on the north-facing side of the mountain. Pips and I will use those veins to slip in as best as we can. Pips, do you have filtration in your helmet? Of course. Any questions? Castian says as he looks towards the two stormtroopers. Larrabee just pulls his stormtrooper helmet on, and as you said, immediately looks completely indistinguishable from any other stormtrooper you've ever seen. He gives you a nod, Castian, and then he gives Pips a salute. See you on the other side. On the other side. And Pip puts on her helmet. 
on the other side. Come along, both of you. And Castian is starting the walk. And it is a silent walk. And these are trained professionals because not once do they feel the need to fill that silence with idle chatter. The most you hear from them is useful guidance. Pip's pointing out, Look out, the muddy area. I think it's quicksand. Or Larrabee raising his rifle, watching as a predator circles above you in the sky. But the predator makes no move. And so Larrabee doesn't shoot. He knows to conserve his ammunition and certainly not to give away your position for anything short of a truly life or death situation. And once we make it that halfway mark, we branch off. Larrabee going to the right and Pips and Castian going to the left. And when you reach that halfway point, the full mountain is well within your view at this point. And it is a mountain that, much like the rest of Dantooine, is mostly covered in greenery, in beautiful flowers and trees. It's not a plain rock face. But it is just a beautiful green mountain. There is nothing that would make you think that this was some sort of secret base. There's actually nothing that would even make you think that it is some kind of dormant volcano, except the rare dot of brown, of dead plants, on the face of the mountain, where one of those lava vents has had some of the poison gas spew out, killing the plants around it. Castian is moving with Pips, and finally he is actually going to break the silence to point towards some of the dead plant matter that he spots. Well, I hope the filters that Captain Jane installed do their work, or we're not going to last very long in these vents if they decide to get active. Do you trust her? With my life. Well, that's convenient, Castian says as he starts climbing up one of the cliff sides. So as you begin to start climbing the mountain, initially it is more just walking up a steep hill. It's not really requiring a true climb check. As a matter of fact, rather than making this some sort of athletics check, let's make this a survival check as you are not just trying to go up a flat cliff face, it's to find the right branches on a tree to pull yourself up higher, to avoid tripping on roots or sending rocks skittering down behind you when you do reach rocky areas. And difficulty? Average upgraded once. I got one success and one advantage. With two successes, Pips is doing a little bit better job of climbing up than you are. She's a little faster. She's a little surer on her feet. With your one advantage, you reach an outcropping on the mountain, and this gives you a pretty good view down to where you had sent Larrabee to make his entrance. And you see Larrabee walking up to the face of the mountain. There's no entrance there. It is just trees and vines and grass, and then he walks through it and disappears. Castian brings up his binoculars, presses it to his face, and leans back, trying to get a better view. And then he just kind of lowers them and mumbles, I think Larrabee followed Captain Nabarro's instructions to the letter. It looks like he just walked into the foliage, so either it's top camouflage or they're using some sort of, I don't know, holographic veil? Does Castian know what that is? Yes, you would know. A holographic shell is basically a hologram that you can put up in front of a single area and project one scene. It's not going to be complicated, it's not going to be moving, but it works well until you get right up close to it. So it's very likely that if Larrabee were 
walking around and really investigating things, he would get close enough that he could see where the shell doesn't match up properly with the, everything else that he's seen. Usually you see this, when I say small, I mean, we're talking in Star Wars galactic scale, where usually it's like ships the size of a YT-1300 would have something like this. Either the entrance to this base is massive, or the Empire has been miniaturizing this tech in a way that you've not seen before. Interesting. This base is definitely uh, ahead of its time, it seems, and Castian is pulling himself further, looking for an entrance, one of those vents you had previously discussed. And it's really not difficult to find one once you are up here. So all you need to do is keep a lookout for these patches of brown, dead plants, and you find one of the vents. Castian pulls out his data pad and just kind of locks onto their location and then looks towards the vent before mumbling. We did not have perfect telemetry of the inside of these, but I think if we follow this forward, we will come to a T-junction where we can either go left or right. If we go right, it should lead us into the base. Well, hopefully. Hopefully? Don't worry. As I said, I trust her with my life. And Castian just slides right into the uh, fairly tight vent. Yes, so a lava vent is a tube where lava once flowed out of an active volcano. When volcanoes erupt, we think of the giant eruption, the plume of lava coming out from the very top, but actually a lot of volcanoes are almost more like sponges with holes all throughout it that lava can ooze out of. And so these lava tubes are ones that have been left behind. Now, this volcano is dormant. There's not a lot of difference between a dormant and an extinct volcano. It's just measured in terms of how long has it been since it last erupted. Now, this particular volcano, the data indicated that it hasn't erupted in a millennium. But again, in terms of a planet's lifespan, that could mean that it's not going to erupt for another millennium, or it's going to erupt today. And these lava tubes... As I said, obviously, they're still expelling some poison gas, some corrosive gas that's coming out from the, the depths of the planet. So as you slide into this particular tube, it is about three feet in diameter. You know, it's not quite your shoulders are touching both sides as you move, but anytime you move, a shoulder is going to come into contact with one of the rough sides Castian makes sure to secure his breathing apparatus. It's basically what he used in Doran, where it covers his eyes to make sure that they don't get irritated with the fumes, and it also allows him to breathe, and he activates the small oxygen packet, so it's feeding him fresh air. Of course, this mask was made to handle Doran's atmosphere specifically, so maybe it won't hold up to these gases, but again, he's hopeful. And while you have fresh air to breathe thanks to your respirator— you can still tell as you're beginning to move through this tunnel that the air is stuffy. There's no drafts, there's no breeze. There's nothing to indicate once you are inside that there's actually any exit. So actually, I would like you to give me a fear check because it is dark and tight in here. Brings me back to my past. Since you have just entered... We're going to make this a minimal fear check, which is one difficulty, but let's keep it interesting. I'm going to upgrade that. 
Well, since discipline is my jam, I've rolled a significant amount of successes. I got four advantages, two successes, and a triumph. So with advantages, you get to add boost dice to any allies next fear checks. Pips doesn't have the same issues with claustrophobia that you do, so she doesn't have to roll that right now. But if there is one down the road, that's certainly going to assist her. Also with a triumph, the effect is that there's no fear checks until the end of the encounter. For this trip through the lava tubes, you're okay. You don't like it, but you know that this mission is more important than any discomfort that you feel right now. Cassian's actually surprised. At first, he's almost more afraid of dealing with the fear than the cave itself. And once he's in the cave, he just takes some deep breaths. And that darkness that usually starts prodding his mind is a mere tickle. It's there, but there's something else that's stronger. Castian is stronger. And so he just keeps on moving forward, occasionally brushing a gloved hand across the surface and muttering some observations to himself. Little things that keep his mind focused on the environment and not the past. It isn't long before you reach that T-junction. Do you take the right to go deeper into the base? Yes. Castian pulls out his data pad again, looks it over, and then points his flashlight to the right. Okay, it's this way. We're going to be making a couple turns here, and it gets a little dicey once we get a kilometer in because the sensors couldn't pierce too much into the mountain. Okay, let's go. You crawl through the tubes for a while. It's a little difficult to keep track of time in here because aside from your flashlight, there is no light. If you hadn't knocked out that fear check with flying colors, Castian, you'd be feeling some very ill effects right now. But you are focused on your mission. You do have the light. So you keep crawling on your belly in the depths of this mountain. Don't think about the tons and tons and tons of rock that is above you, of the boiling belly of the planet that has a direct shot right into where you are crawling. Don't think about any of that. Just keep moving through the darkness to find your goal, to find these blueprints, these plans that are going to let you hit back at the people that took so much from you. Let's see how Pips is doing. She doesn't quite have your fear, your claustrophobia, as I noted before, but this is a lot. However, you're a little inspiring because of how bravely you are facing this darkness, so I'm going to give her two boost dice for her fear roll. She's not doing great. She's not doing terrible. She rolled her fear check, no successes, and two threats. So you hear her behind you, Castian. And you hear her breathing. And it's getting shorter and faster. And you know these respirators really are not built to help somebody who is hyperventilating. And she is either going to run through all of her oxygen, or she is going to just short out the mechanics on this respirator, and it won't be good for her no matter how much oxygen is left. Castian is going to try to sit up. You said it's about three feet, so he's basically going to try to make himself into a ball, and so he can turn to her. And he's going to say... 
Pips. What? I need you to sit up with me for a second. I am starting to lose it myself. I need you to just calm me down with uh, uh, some assistance. Uh, could you... Um, where were you stationed at? Tell me about anything to keep me calm. Just talk about where you were stationed. That's better than I, uh, where I was stationed at uh, for a while. My, my first place that they sent me was, uh, it didn't even have a name. It was a, uh, a series of numbers, you know, one of those areas. It was filled with mud. And everywhere you went, no matter if it was in the facility, it was just always caked with mud. And mud and mud. I hate <laughs> mud. Um, it just gets everywhere. And he reaches out and he's like taking hold of her hand. And he's like, okay, squeeze my hand, please. As you reach for her hand, Castian, I'd like you to give me a leadership role. Let's see if you're getting through to her or if she is going to panic as you touch her. This is going to be hard. This is going to be three purple dice is your difficulty. And I would like to upgrade one of my dice to a yellow. Go right ahead. I got one success. And a threat. I'm just going to make a note of that threat. With one success, you take her hand and she grabs onto it as if she is clutching for dear life and is about to go over a cliff. I'm real. And you're real. And this place is real. And what you're feeling is real. But your training is real. We can get through this. So we're just going to take a minute because down here, time is still real. And we're going to breathe. I want you to focus on your breathing. Nothing else. Do not think of the past. Do not think of the present. Do not think of the future. Just hear my voice and breathe. One, two, three, out, two, three. Three, one, two, three, out. And Castian's going to do that for what feels like a minute, trying to get her breathing back into place. I think I'm ready to go now, Pip. Thank you for that. Okay, yes, yes. And Castian is going to again, like, roll himself, his shoulder scraping painfully, the back of his neck touching the inside of this vent, and he feels a bit of skin maybe getting scratched, but he finally wiggles himself forward again, and he continues to push on. And as you crawl deeper into these vents, you have to make decisions a couple of times, kind of on the fly, over which way to go. As you said, sensors could only penetrate so deep into this volcano so you don't know after a while which way is going to lead you to the base and which way will lead you to oblivion. Castine is using his training that his past kind of forced onto him. He's rubbing the side of walls, mumbling. This looks a little smoother than that, thus showing that lava flow probably is coming from this one more than the other. Things like that. That sounds like you're using some survival skills. Can I have a boost dice? I'll give you one boost die. However, I'm going to make this a hard roll 
upgraded once. And with that, I got three success, but three threats. As you're following your one part intuition, one part previous experience, one part guesswork, you begin to reach lava tubes that are getting progressively larger. So you go from crawling on your belly to crawling on your hands and knees to being able to stand almost to your full height. Pips can stand at her full height far before you can, Castian. But you're getting to a space where it's still narrow, not a lot of room to maneuver, but you can stand mostly upright. Castian lets out a relieved breath before looking over towards Pips. This is a little bit more like it. She nods. Yes, it's, it's much better. Our- and she looks at you and she tilts her head. You're sure you're okay? Did you always have that? And she points at, it looks like your neck. Castine is going to try to get a look at his neck, but seeing that's almost impossible, he's going to realize maybe something is wrong and he's going to look down at any exposed skin that he has. As you, you move, your sleeve shifts and begins to expose the skin of your arm. It looks like it's starting to break out in hives. It doesn't quite itch yet, but there's definitely some sort of rash that is building. And it's building rapidly. You're seeing more of it appear even as you just look at your hand. Okay, I think we've reached the toxic part of this evening. Come on, let's go quickly. I knew I should have tried to retrofit one of those space outfits. And then he is going to pick up the speed, moving at a rapid pace with Pip following behind him. He is trying to get out of this area because clearly he's found a place that's rather toxic. You're starting to pick up speed and you're also starting to feel something rumbling under your feet. Something is making this mountain move. So as you're running and you're feeling something shaking the ground underneath you, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to try to make this an athletics check to see if you can propel yourself farther? Do you want to do a survival check to see if you can figure out what equipment buffs you might need to make things better? What are you thinking here? Athletics is usually my jam, but... I'm actually going to let Castian revert back to his childhood, survival. He knows what to do when things are trembling underneath. He knows what to do when you're in an area that you need to get out of quickly. So he's going to use a survival check to see what he can use equipment-wise to get them out of the situation. Okay. First, for my past, take my boost die, and then I am going to upgrade my green to a yellow. And what is the difficulty? The difficulty on this is going to be average. And with one setback die to represent you don't have much time to think about this. I got actually two advantages and one success. As you take a heartbeat to evaluate the situation and figure out what is the best way to keep you and Pips alive in the face of an oncoming volcanic explosion, you feel a draft. The air has been completely still here but suddenly you feel a draft. Fresh air is coming in. So you immediately begin running towards that fresh air. If there's fresh air, if there's movement, perhaps it's going to move this toxic air away from you. And when you reach where this draft is, you realize it's coming from a vent. Not a lava vent like you're in, but an airflow vent like in a secret base. And you look down and realize that it is very, very faint. You know, it's obviously not spotlights going up into the ventilation system. But at this moment, you have crossed over from 
the volcanic lava vents into the air system of the base. And that rumbling that you felt beneath you was because you are over, effectively, the garage. And it was a large transport that was coming in. Castian takes a breath as he holds up a hand towards Pip, and they both slow down, and Castian gets to the vent and kneels down, looking through it. And he spots the rather large tank-like thing. It looks like something that would be transporting heavy gases as it rumbles under them. Okay, that was a lot more terrifying than I liked it to be. And then Castian's going to look down at his hives. Is he still breaking out pretty badly? It's still there, but you no longer see it erupting. So this is mostly cosmetic damage at this point. It's itchy. It doesn't look great, but there's not going to be any lasting damage from it. Castian is going to press his hand against the vent and feel the metal. And he's going to try to see if he can detect if it's one transport driving underneath him or if it's a line of transports. And you're trying to discern that just from feeling the vibrations? Yes, This is going to be a daunting check for purple dice. Three advantages, but I failed. Two failures. You can feel the vibrations, and obviously you can see kind of the the shadows, you know, as light is being blocked, of something that takes a while to come through. It's impossible for you to tell whether it is a caravan of multiple transports, or if it's one very large transport that's coming in. All you know is that whatever it is or whatever they are is enough to shake the vents, basically, here. That's good enough for Castian. Castian's first going to try to pull up this vent, if that's possible. Yes, it's possible. Castian opens up the vent and looks down, and he's going to look towards Pip and say, Follow me, and lay down flat when you land. And he's going to try to drop down on whatever's moving. So you and Pips both drop down out of the vent. And because of your advantages, there's definitely something underneath to catch you. But I want you to roll me a stealth check to see if it's something that you can actually hide in or not be seen anyway. I got two success, but two threats. Let's see how things go for Pips. What you see as you drop from that vent, Castian, is this is in some ways just one long transport but it's one that is articulated so it's almost more like a series of train cars so there is six of them that are all attached together they are rumbling by on wheels these giant wheels that are far taller than you are you are in this it's now obvious a very large garage or transport area. It's got to be a good 50, 75 meters tall. And you have dropped onto one section of this large transport. And you're able to drop down without issue, immediately flatten yourself onto the top of it. Pips, however, rolled zero successes and two threats. So what actually happens for her is she drops down, but she misses the transport. Really, she misses the roof of it. And she is sliding down into this gap between two parts of the transport as it's beginning to make a turn. She is seconds away from being crushed as the two cars begin to come together to make that turn. Castian holds out a hand towards her and for 
probably a second she thinks Castian's trying to reach her hand like any soldier would, only he's too far away. But then Castian's going to call upon the force, and he's going to try to pull her towards him. Let's make this an opposed discipline check, simply because you have to act against time in this case. She's not resisting you, obviously, but let's address the fact that you need to do this quickly, quietly, without being seen. This is going to be average difficulty. I'm going to upgrade it once. I got one dark side, two light side, and I got one success. Oh, okay. Very nice. Castian is able to get the two light side points that he wanted. First, to just activate the power, and second, to be able to pull pips. She's more than a silhouette zero, I think. She's a silhouette one. She is. Regardless of the jokes, uh, I'm sure she heard many times at the Academy. And he grabs her and yanks her towards him. And you easily yank her up. However, she still had two threats from falling earlier. And you're seen down below. He's not a stormtrooper. He's dressed as an engineer's jumpsuit. He just points up, hey, you up there. Do I see anybody near him? Yes. So this garage is a little bit of controlled chaos. Like you're just taking this in, like in the moment as your attention has to be pulled in so many different directions. And you're seeing that this place had been ripped apart. Think about if a robber comes in and just rips the joint apart looking for something. That's what this area looks like. Not that it's in the process of being built, it's in the process of being rebuilt after being torn apart. And so there's engineers that are working to repair consoles. There's more senior engineers who are directing small groups. There's even a small contingent of stormtroopers. Looks like five stormtroopers are following this transport, actually. They're walking behind it as an escort. As soon as that guy said, hey, you up, I'm going to spend a destiny point to say there's something that's above him, a pipe. Oh, yes, there is a very intricate piping that is used to heat this base, drawing upon geothermic energy. You said this place looked like it's being rebuilt, ransacked, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. That guy's going to have a workplace accident. So he says, hey, you up the... And Casting's going to use the force to bring down a section of that pipe to slam him in the face. I'm going to let you do that without a roll. I will say you're going to take a point of corruption. This is a blunt tool to use to solve this problem, and that guy's just doing his job. Castan doesn't feel good about this part, but a part of him finds this amusing, but he tries to tap that down. This section of pipe falls down onto the man's head. Steam is being released everywhere, so everybody's vision is suddenly clouded, not to mention anybody that's not in protective gear is searching for cover to avoid being burned by steam. But nobody's looking at you. And with the steam filling this entire place, Castian is going to take hold of Pip's hand and they're going to roll off this transport into the shadows. Castian pulls out his data pad and brings up the map to try to figure out where they're currently at so he knows the route to take for where they need to be. From Nabarro's map, this wasn't a terribly complex base. You are in the main transportation area. Anything or anyone that is coming into this base or leaving it comes through here. There's one real entrance and exit here. 
but this is actually above the rest of the base. Essentially, this transportation hub is the ground floor entrance, and the rest of the base is built deeper underground into the volcano. So from here, you would need to find a way to go down to the actual labs beneath that he'll have the information you're seeking. Castian is pulling out his communicator, and instead of actually just talking in it, he's going to click three times at a certain frequency. And all he's trying to get is two clicks, which is would be from a Larrabee to say if he made it into the base. And you get two clicks back. Castian nods, and now he's going to start trying to figure out how to get down below the base, if there's an elevator or anything like that. According to the map that you were given, there would be both a service lift, you know, something that's designed for very large shipments or equipment that is coming in, as well as a stairwell that is used. Of course, there is also the ventilation system, if you wish to use that again. And of course, the other caveat is that's what was there before this place was torn apart. Castian is considering his options. Pips slaps your shoulder. Thanks, Beric. What was that? Castian looks towards her. What was what? You. I saved you. You were three meters from me. Oh, of course. Do you think that Captain Nabarro brought me onto this little operation because of my good looks and my wonderful leadership skills? No. I have certain abilities that you do not. Certain abilities that are illegal for those to possess in the Empire. She tilts her head. Can't really see her expression behind her stormtrooper armor. What are you talking about? Obviously, the word that Jedis are not allowed to exist. Well, if you don't believe they ever existed, then why would you ever be told that they cannot exist? Castan takes a step forward and places a hand on her shoulder. I have certain abilities that allow me to do tricks, to use something known as the Force. I know it's complicated. Just see it this way. Your captain, Captain Nabarro, said to believe in me and follow my orders, yes? <laughs> Don't believe in me. Believe in your captain. He knew what I can do. And my abilities will keep you safe just like your abilities will keep me safe. Now, if you excuse me, I need to play a doctor. And Castian is reaching out behind her, and I'm going to flip a destiny point, and I want some sort of, like, environmental hazard suit. Absolutely. Castian is throwing it over himself and then waves on to Pip. So Castian is heading over towards where the man was struck by the fallen pipe. He's wearing the environmental suit with the hood up, so it obscures his face. Oh, absolutely. Plus, no one's really paying close attention to you. All of the attention is on both pulling the man out from underneath the steam pipe, attending to other people that were caught as kind of the collateral around this, and somebody else who is actually shutting down the steam system for this sector. So all of the activity has suddenly become focused on this corner of the transportation hub. Out of my way, out of my way. I'm a medic. And Castian is trying to get to the man. And people move aside with the declaration that you're a medic. And Castian's going to be using his own supplies that he brought into it. He's going to take out a back to patch and he's going to try to minister some basic first aid to this man if he's alive. He is alive. You did not murder somebody who was just doing his job. 
he does have fairly severe steam burns. He also has lost consciousness from having a pipe dropped on his head. Castian is going to administer quick first aid before he looks towards Pips and someone else and says, quickly, we're taking him down to medical. And Pips and the other man, they work together. You know, one grabs under his arms, the other grabs his ankle and is carrying him towards the lift. And once we get into the lift, Castian looks towards the man. Castian makes sure to kind of angle him so he's closest to the controls. And Castian says, hit medical. He gives you a look and pushes the only other button on the panel. Castian is going to, you know what? He broke this person, so he's going to try to help him by getting him to medical. And yes, you take the service lift down. And when the doors open... The rest of the base looks very similar to how that transport hub looked, where there are consoles that have been ripped out of walls. There are exposed wires in the ceiling that are sparking. Lights are flickering on and off. Power has not been fully restored to this place. It is absolutely not in working order because when they were given that very urgent order to evacuate, They took it very seriously, and it is much easier to destroy evidence than it is to put everything back into position. Castian is going through this hallway, trying to get this man to medical, using whatever context clues he can, avoiding people as they walk and work and things like that. And Castian is just saying, move it, please. I'm getting this man to medical. Trying to see where like the mass is moved aside to kind of gauge where to go. So as you're on your way to medical, you're getting the lay of the land. The transportation hub that you had been in earlier, it was still kind of rough hewn into the rock. You know, you were in very exposed rock area. Those pipes were exposed as well, just kind of attached to the natural rock formations. Whereas when you've gotten down here, you are in a area that, you know, if it hadn't just been ransacked in the name of evacuation, would have been very perfectly shiny chrome everything very highly modern and efficient and military minimalistic. The service lift opens up in one large hallway. Again, I think a hub is a good way to think about this, as from here, different parts branch off like spokes on a wheel. And some of those spokes are almost completely dark. Those are areas that you can presume it was decided are not as high priority in terms of getting them back online. Luckily, medical was a priority, so you are kind of being herded in that way, as well as you pass two other spokes that seem to be well on their way to operative status. And you catch the labels on those hallways as the engineering lab and weapons development. Those are good to know. Castian definitely makes a mental note as he is ushered into medical. While medical is a priority to get up and running, that doesn't mean that they have done a great job of it yet. And it reminds you more of a field hospital than anything at a base that you've ever been in. As they have plastic tarps hung up across the ceiling, rather than fixing the ceiling and all those sparking wires, they've just put plastic up there. It's like, this is good enough to keep the two diagnostic beds that they have clear. 
they obviously aren't expecting to have to deal with a lot of patients here. Castian walks in. Is there a medical droid? As you walk in, actually, I would like you to give me a perception roll. If you want it. This is an easy test, just one difficulty. One success. As you walk in, yes, there is a medical droid who is there. Looks like they are doing some, really some inventory work. There are no actual patients in there. As you walk in though, you do notice that there is a door to the morgue. And just glancing in there, the morgue is way bigger than the medical area itself. Castian walks up to one of the diagnostic beds and lays this man down and looks towards the droid. We have a few more wounded. I'll bring them down. This seems to be the more severe one. Yes, acknowledged. And Castian is going to brush past him, walk into the hall, and then point towards the man that helped carry him and say, go back to your business. And he nods and heads back on his way. And Castian gives it a tick or two before letting out a breath and looking towards Pip. Follow me. She shakes her head for a moment, then does a quick double step to catch up to you. You know that a stormtrooper would not be following around a doctor. What is your plan? Do your special gifts make people not see me? No, I think that'd be your height. And he keeps on moving, and we're just kind of brushing past some people. And I'm like, and you're not following a doctor. We're just having to walk in the very same direction. So take a few steps back. And Pip is right. As we are approaching the hub, Castine's looking for anything that would be marked as a refresher, because no matter what, humans do need a refresher, no matter what station they're at. You find a fresher. And Castian stops, turns towards Pip, and said, inspect your boots. And he goes into a refresher, locks the door, strips this protective gear he was wearing off, and then opens up his pack, and inside was that imperial uniform that he had stolen. That fit him like a glove. It did. It was a very nice uniform. And Castian slips on this uniform before looking down at himself and inspecting. And at a distance, nobody's going to question it. You know, someone in uniform is someone in uniform. But if they were up close, they might notice that there's been some, some more wear and tear than is usually allowed for someone that's on duty. They also might notice, depending on how much they care, it's a uniform, but there is a slight variation in style depending on where you're stationed and what your duty is. You have the uniform of someone who was in a consulate on Delea, a very, very, very different landscape from being in an experimental secret lab in the Outer Rim. And Castian is going to mumble, good enough. And then Castian slips on his cap, pulls it down low so it kind of covers his face if the cameras above are recording. And then he walks out and nods towards Pip. Thank you for waiting for me. And he waves for her to follow. And she does. So Pip's is following you. Where do you want to go next? Well, our main focus is definitely engineering. He said he wanted to find some blueprints. So what we're doing is we're going to engineering and we're going to try to find an open console and hope we can download whatever we can download. Great, you go into the engineering lab, and this place looks like it might have taken the brunt of whatever their emergency evacuation procedures were. If this is where the most experimental work is happening, that makes a fair amount of sense. This is the last place that you want your enemies to be able to retrieve data from. With that in mind, they might have restored a console or two or fixed up some things. 
But no, the best thing you should be looking for is the backups. They would bring them here to download stuff. Right. So Castian is looking for those. I like it. Let's make this a skullduggery check. Because you are operating under pressure, you're trying to blend in to not be noticed by whoever might be looking for some kind of saboteur that is inside. And obviously you're having to dig through a lot of junk, for lack of a better word, trying to find where they keep these. Because essentially, at least I'm imagining, you're trying to find like a physical backup that you can either just walk off with or that's what you're going to log into. And what's the difficulty? This is going to be average. And I'm going to upgrade it. I'm going to be using one of my destiny points to upgrade my Skullduggery once. Can I get a boost dice for Pip because we're both looking? Yes, I'll give you a boost die for Pip. And with that, I got three threats, two successes, and a triumph. Wow! Those yellows are important. So a triumph, three successes, and two threats, I think. Three threats. Three threats. So obviously with a triumph, you find your backup. How do you want to access this backup? With a triumph and those successes, if you want this to be some sort of hard drive, essentially, that you could walk off with, you could seriously get a ton of data out of here. Yeah, and since this is a secret base, someone must have taken like a lunch break and considered everything was fine. It's kind of like, it's a hard drive that's stuffed in like one of those like futuristic suitcases. Mm -hmm. And Cassian just picks it up and then just kind of looks around a little bit confused. Is something wrong? Pips asks. No, just things don't generally work out for me this way. So I'm just expecting for the other boot to drop. All right, let's keep going. And Castian is going to turn and start marching back towards that hub. I mean, if things really go well, they- Stop there. And Castian pauses and kind of like nods up towards the heaven saying, ah, there we go. Thank you. A little delayed, but nailed it. And this is your two threats coming into play. (laughs) You see approaching you someone who is wearing the same sort of uniform you are, the same rankings on the collar, the same style of uniform. Obviously, you have just found the counterpart of whoever you are attempting to be. Lieutenant, this young man says as he approaches you, he has dark skin and dark hair, close cropped, not braided. This is not one of the many Alderanians you've been running into. I was unaware that any other lieutenants had made it back to this sector yet. Is anybody else around him? Oh, sure. There is a buzz of activity around you as the repair crews who are all, you know, sort of the people that probably aren't even in the military hierarchy don't care what two members of the brass are doing. And Castian lets out a scoff and leans back and says, I could fill an entire Imperial cruiser with the things that you are unaware of. I answer to a higher power than a lonely lieutenant on a piss-poor planet that's forgotten by the galaxy. Now, if you excuse me, I have to return to my captain, who reports to Grand Moff Tarkin. And the activity continues around you, but the people that are, like, immediately closest to you, they begin to turn their heads. And the lieutenant who has stopped you just says, Interesting that your captain reports to a dead man. Castian pauses, and there's just that whimsical moment before he leans back on his heels and turns his head slightly towards Pips. 
Is Tarkin dead? Very. I see. Hmm, that is interesting. And with that, <laughs> Cassian's gonna punch this lieutenant in the face. Run! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far away, a group of outcasts found each other in the Outer Rim. A failed Jedi. Well, we don't have to run out right now and beat people up. We can take a half hour for you. A captain without a ship. I suggest you let your Deveronian friend do the talking and you continue to stare at your stump. And a medic with a mysterious past. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I might have been half wrong. We might die. Together, they hope to find adventure and a little bit of redemption. Oh, that's sweet. They want us tinker buddies. The Redemption Podcast is a long-running actual play podcast set around the time of the Clone Wars, played using the Star Wars RPG system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Check out the show at www.redemptionpodcast.com, a proud member of the Don't Split the Podcast network of shows.